When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we are going to break down week 18 of the NFL season. Obviously, typically you hear a lot of fantasy football stuff from us as well, but that'll alter a little bit as fantasy football season is over. We're going to talk playoffs, Matthew Fox's game of the week, some best bets, some coaches on the hot seat, and we'll end the show with the movie corner like we do each and every week. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you today, sir? Doing pretty good. You know, it's snowy this week, but hanging in there. Yeah, we got the snow last week. We are diving into, uh, you know, 60-degree weather slash tornadoes slash ready, you know, heavy rainstorms and stuff, thunderstorms right now. So it's pretty cool how uh, we've touched every, um, you know, season in the last, I don't know, week. So it's pretty it's cool. It's like you're in Colorado. It's – the Tennessee weather is – actually, it's, it's crazy because it used to be like – I used to joke, it's like, this is Tennessee weather – it's like weather across the United States now is like this. I mean, for most places, you know what I mean? Some places don't get all of this, but uh, yeah, it's been crazy. Um, but obviously we're not here to talk about um, the weather. Um, we'll go ahead and dive right into news and notes. Obviously we're going to kick off the show talking about Damar Hamlin. We Great news from there. Um, it the Things look like. They're going in the up and up um, regarding his health status. Obviously, he's got a long way to go. But the plus side is 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 understanding that um, he's he's improving since Monday night. It's one of the um, scariest, most I don't even know how to convey how I felt watching. It was it was really traumatic. Um, I, I still think that the black eye on the NFL needs to be painted because of, of their attempt to try to restart that game. And then, of course, with the likelihood of McDermott and um, Zach Taylor really coming in and kind of saving. I think they saved the NFL's face there by by kind of cutting the quits there. But one of the things I do want to talk about is what we do each and every week on this show is we talk about fantasy football. We talk about mass games of the week. We talk about players starting sitting, but I think that all of this has dehumanized the players on the football field. And it's really kind of, of made this, I don't know. It's kind of made this space sometimes kind of just like any space kind of toxic, grotesque and, and forget that these athletes are humans. Yes, they are paid a lot of money to go on in that football field. But you know what? They've earned that paycheck to come out in that football field. And I think that it has been a little bit clouded for quite some time about, you know, how people tweet at athletes because they didn't perform fantasy, you know, perform well enough for them to win their fantasy football matchups. But I think this injury kind of put a lot of things in perspective and and how we've not not all of us, but we have as, as a collective whole have lost sight of these athletes being human. And and Fox, any thoughts on on kind of what transpired? Yeah, it was you know unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, you know, I, I thought it was good that they ended up not playing the game. It is a fascinating process to get there, which you kind of alluded to it. Originally, you know, if you were watching the broadcast, they said, now these teams are being given five minutes and we're going to resume play. And I thought, well, that's that seems a little bit weird. And you saw the coaches talking and then all of a sudden they they went to the locker room and you thought, oh, well, the NFL decided not to do that. No, Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott went over there and had a discussion, decided to tell the NFL to take a long walk off a short pier 
and put their teams back in the locker room, kind of forcing the hand. And that makes you think about the situation a little bit differently. Um, I, you don't, you know, football is secondary concern. I don't know about you, but it's been tough this week, even thinking about seeing games or for us writing and covering, you know, I've done some pieces and it seems weird, you know, games of the week, you would be really tempted. And I do have Cincinnati, not to jump too far ahead, but the Cincinnati Buffalo games are crucial, but it's also, you know, as someone who's just a fan of the league, the fantasy question has been, you know, the night of all the people that were bemoaning their, their fate was annoying, but now that we're into Thursday, I understand not really having a resolution. It's been interesting to see sleeper decide, well, that's it. They closed not only week 17, but they capped the entire season. They're like, we're done. We're, there's no, you know, everything. I don't know if you were on there, all the leagues rebooted and you're like, okay, well that was intriguing. ESPN went the other way and said, they will never close week 17 until the NFL decides what they're going to do about this game. They won't even <coughs> give you firm week 18 results if you were advancing to week 18. So it's been it's been a weird limbo. It's a weird way to end both the season and the fantasy season. And the more I've reflected on it, there just is no scenario where that game doesn't have a massive impact on the playoffs. Even Buffalo, for as little as they probably want to play football, want to play that game because they want to be the number one seed. Yeah, it's crazy because even sports books, um, sports books basically just refunded all your bets on the game. That's basically what they did is, is they voided out all the transactions on the bets. Daily Fantasy, DFS, they did the same thing. You know, they just wound out all the accounts back into there, which also is can be very frustrating, especially after the first half of the quarter. You may Maybe you're sitting at first place within $10,000, and at the end of the day, you only went $3 back. But the thing about it is, is that point, that party right there is very, is, is very uh, scary when you look at it because you're taking out the human aspect of this football game. And you're right. It was like, I, I started, I was like, man, we're going to podcast on Thursday, Tuesday. I just didn't feel like looking at the slate and finding bets Wednesday. I just, I woke up this morning. I found a couple bets to talk about. Obviously we're going to talk about some, some games and stuff like right now, but it's, it's hard to envision, but on top of that, you're, this 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 game was so massive on the playoff scale. So, like, even if it ends up as a tie, that still shakes the entire atmosphere, especially on the side of Cincinnati, who looked like they had control early on in that football game. And I think they were on their way to score again, whether that's a field goal or touchdown. Nobody knows that the how things would have played out. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out because if I, I think the best case scenario is a tie, I think, or they just render the game useless. I've saw that where they're talking about just making the game a no contest and then just letting week 18 kind of render how it's going to. It's going to be interesting because then what does that stand for like fantasy football? I know people that what if you were only down 10 points going into the it's it's very like, do you, and you can't really do a rematch in week 18. Starters aren't playing, new guys. It's, it's just crazy how it's something that we've never seen before, especially in the economy, which is very driven by, and the NFL is very driven by fantasy football and sports betting. Well, and so it's not out of the realm of possibility that Kansas City loses to Las Vegas on Saturday. No. Especially the way they've been playing. And that opens the door to a whole bunch of things. Cincinnati had a path to the one seed. Yep. That if you void out that game, you're asking them to give up. Buffalo would essentially almost certainly be sacrificing the one seed because if Kansas City wins, Kansas City has played one more game and has one more win and would be a half game up like they are right now. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, too, if you beat Cincinnati this week, you need them to play that game because if Cincinnati would have lost on Monday night, which I you know, I was picking Buffalo, and Cincinnati loses this week, Baltimore's the, the winner of the AFC North. There is no scenario, I've tried to think about this, about where it doesn't impact seeding in some way for, you know, for the top of the AFC, 
But going on the flip side, they've talked about will that game get replayed on Wednesday or Thursday of the week in between, and you're basically condemning one, possibly both of those teams who are strong AFC contenders to play three high-pressure, meaningful games in eight days. At at most eight days, could be few as seven, or I mean at most nine days if one of them gets the Monday night slot uh, in the week, but it's at most likely seven or eight days. That's also pretty brutal. And, you know, they've talked about can we collapse that week between the championship games and the Super Bowl. That week doesn't have a competitive game, but it has the Pro Bowl, which they're still going forward announcing they're selling tickets to. They have the Mannings, Ray Lewis, and uh, I can't remember who the – and DeMarcus Ware are all coaching those teams. They've really invested in making that more of a fan experience. Where are you putting that? You're definitely not playing that on a week where you still have active playoff games going. Are you punting that then to the week after the Super Bowl, meaning that now you're trying to boot everything to President's Day weekend, which, you know, that impacts people's travel plans and things, sliding the Super Bowl. People buy tickets to the Super Bowl in advance. There are a lot of – questions there is no scenario now where everyone's going to be happy yeah at the end of the day everybody yeah because um at the end of the day look i I would think that percentage wise if kansas city loses this week buffalo ends up 13 and 3 they would be ahead of kansas city correct because of the one extra loss right but then if 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 yes. Cincinnati were to win this week, Buffalo wins this week, then Buffalo would be 13 and 3, Kansas City's 12 and 4, or Cincinnati's 12 and 4, and who knows if they would have beat it's just if they No, so beat, that's the thing. Yeah, if Cincinnati, Cincinnati would have won on Monday and then won this, this week. week and Kansas City loses, they own There's the tiebreaker over all of them. Yeah. And actually if you're Cincinnati, you need to have a game either way because they'd be sitting at 12 and four, Kansas City's 13 and four. They own the tiebreaker. You know, even if those two teams ended up with the exact same record, yeah, there is that's what I'm saying. There's no real it's a disaster scenario where the one seed isn't affected. And yeah. with how much that means. And that's the tough part because nobody really is. I, you know, personally, if we took a week off football, I'd be fine because, and I think players would be fine. It's hard to get super psyched about mm-hmm. it right now. Although I'm grateful that all the news surrounding him seems to be positive. It's just, it's a very weird I think scenario. It's unlike anything thing. I've ever seen. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that's really kind of saving the NFL, I guess you could say the word is, is the fact that it's looking good for him. Because otherwise, I'm not sure how anybody plays football this week. You know what I mean? I I don't. Like, that's, you know, I don't want to talk that morbid, but it's just a fact that if it was going the other way, I don't think you could play NFL this week. Like, I just don't think you could. Like, I mean, you have to figure out a way around it. But uh, that said, um, we're going to do our best here to talk about what's what's ahead in the week 18 slate for you guys. Uh, we'll kick it off. There's no Thursday night game, obviously. A couple Saturday night games, a couple Sunday games, but uh, I'm going to jump right into match game of the week. So uh, we have two games that are going on Saturday. I referenced the first one is Kansas City, Las Vegas, but my game of – the week for Saturday is the nightcap, which is the Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've been teed up for this one. Josh Jobs starting for Tennessee. Could it be Mike Vrabel's last game? We'll be uh, I'm looking ahead a little bit to when we talk about coaches on the hot seat. I think the Jaguars win this game. I was kind of surprised this didn't end up with a more prime slot on Sunday. But in some ways, hey, good for them. They have the national stage. Uh, the Jaguars, with what they've done, deserve that. Sunday early game, Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know how Cincinnati plays. 
Um, you know, I think they've gotten lost a little bit in this. All the talks been the Buffalo players. I'm sure they lost a teammate. Couldn't have been great for those Cincinnati players who were on the field seeing the exact same thing. That's got to be a big mental toll for them. And they have to get up for this one with Baltimore. If they win this game, that cuts out one of the questions that's hanging over them. But if Baltimore wins that game, it puts even more pressure on the game that did not take place because Baltimore then has a path to the AFC North having swept the Cincinnati Bengals. The Sunday late game, Newark Giants, they're already in the playoffs. They can't change their seed, but I still think they were going to play hard and that they want to get Philadelphia, and there is a lot on the line for the Eagles now. Will we see Jalen Hurts? It feels more likely than it did last week, but I wouldn't say it's a lead pipe lock. Will Hurts be rusty? Will Hurts be worried about re-injury? If the Eagles lose this game, there could be ultimate chaos because if the Eagles lose, the 49ers and the Cowboys win. The Eagles are now the fifth seed at Tampa Bay to open the playoffs, which is a huge swing. And the 49ers with Brock Purdy are the ones that get a bye week while Dallas is at home against whoever ends up being the seventh seed, which ironically could end up being Green Bay. And I don't know how I would feel about that as a Dallas homer. I think I'd rather play Tampa Bay right now. Uh, So that one has some massive implications. Giants have been playing well. And I think for pride's sake, they can't move their seed, but they certainly would like to go into the playoffs knowing that they could beat and stay on the same field of the Eagles because they weren't on the same field with them the first time they played. The Sunday night football It's an easy call. Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers, both 8-8. has huge playoff implications. If the Seahawks win during the afternoon, then the Lions can't get in no matter what they do. If the Seahawks lose, the winner of that game is literally your seventh seed. The Green Bay Packers are the seventh seed no matter what, as long as they win. It's going to be a fun game. Two teams that have been really hot to end the season. My upset special, Tua Tagovailoa is not part of the equation for the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins have one of the better win-and-you're-in scenarios because they're playing a reeling Jets team while the Patriots get the Bills. That is a tough, you know, that's a tough game to factor. I would have, at this time last week, I would have told you I'm taking the Bills and not thinking twice about it. But right now, we don't know what the state of Buffalo is, and it's a real question to me however i think the jets go and get this win if for no other reason than preseason i thought miami and new england were going to end up eight and nine just out of the playoffs and in the middle of the season that looked like the dumbest statement i'd ever made and now i'm so close to it coming true i am taking my upset special i'm taking my white i'm taking the jets to win a game likely over skylar thompson because don't forget teddy bridgewater dislocated a finger on his throwing hand and Tua is not going to play so that is my games of the week I'll tell you what, I've got, I still have my fun scenario where even if Jacksonville loses on Saturday, they can make the playoffs because literally everything they needed to happen happened that last week in the NFL. So basically, New England loses to Buffalo. The Jets beat Miami, like you say, and the Browns beat Pittsburgh. That's Jacksonville's the one you're the not going to get. Huh? That's the one you're not going to get. Oh, the Browns are beating Pittsburgh this week. I guarantee it. It's going to happen. Think the Steelers end up in the playoffs. No, I, no, I, I, I think, uh, I think I genuinely believe the Jaguars will be in regardless this weekend. I just don't believe in, I I mean, I don't, I don't believe in the, I think the other way around for the bills, I think mentally it's going to be a hard game, but I think they're going to want to kind of win football game type of scenario. That's my hope, but. It's, Nobody, no team has experienced no, the kind of devastation. No, no, absolutely not. No, no, no. So it's like it's hard. But I, I think Cleveland does beat Pittsburgh this week. I really do. I think Cleveland's played a little bit better ball recently than they have all season. And I think they have a – Pittsburgh hasn't beat anybody to impress me. So I, I don't believe in – I don't believe in – and neither really has Cleveland. But Pittsburgh's not a good football team. They're, they're, they're skating by uh, um, – um, they're playing good defense. I will say that. They're playing very, very good defense. But I, I don't believe – Pittsburgh that. beat the same Baltimore team that managed to truck the Browns. I, I'm not I, – listen, I'm not I'm not disagreeing that it's not possible. But, uh, I mean, Baltimore beat the Browns three weeks ago, 13-3. to three. That's same what I'm team. saying. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like they both – That's they, what I'm saying. Pittsburgh beat Baltimore. Baltimore beat Cleveland. No, but – Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It doesn't yeah. matter. I still think uh, Cleveland wins this football game. I think they're playing better football as of late. Um, and as of late, I mean, well, yeah. 
Just leave me alone. All right, I whatever. We're just moving on to something. Else. I still think, like I said, I mean, the they Browns got tripped by the Saints at home. Brown, the Brown, yeah, the Saints are actually a good team, though. They were a decent team. The Saints had no receivers. They still beat the crowd. They're still. I still think I, the Saints played def- decent football this year. Um, with that said, we are. Uh, what is this? Um, You're just all pumped up because you get to see Sam Howell this week. I am not. I do not want to watch that midget play football. Um, <laughs> we saw what a real quarterback looks like in North Carolina this year. Uh, that's Drake May. Um, before we jump into uh, the next segment of our show, I want to talk about Magic Mind. It's the second of the last two times you hear me talk about it because this week is the last time I'm going to talk about using the product. Next week, you're going to hear my thoughts on what it's like waning off of the product. You know what I mean? It's something that I've really utilized over these last couple of weeks. I loved using it. It's something that I highly, you know, it's not easy for me to get a gimmick and just like recommend it. It's not like I'm not, I'm the type of person. If you follow my movie takes, you know that I'm going to be a hundred percent serious. If I get something and it tastes nasty, I'm going to tell you it tastes nasty. There's, there's nothing holding me back from saying, you know, magic mind is not good, but I, I will not say that because magic mind is actually good. It's helped my focus. It's helped me get my writing accomplished even as we shift into the new year, I had a whole week off where I didn't do a whole lot. And it's really helped me find my groove this this uh, beginning of this year as we jumpstart into the new year and start into new writing. Um, I'm probably going to need to place another order with the Sundance Film Festival right, the ground, right around the corner. And I got about 32 films booked to watch. But uh, like I said, guys, Magic Mind, it works. I promise you, once you try this product, it'll work. It'll keep you focused. Um, it, it gets you done. It keeps you seated. You know what I mean? It keeps you calm, the anxiety out of your head. Instead of picking up your phone 50 times, you're on your computer focused on what's ahead. Reminder that if you want to join this journey or hear everything I've talked about over the last couple of weeks, head on over to magicmind.co slash ranch. Put in our code ranch20, get 40% off your subscription or 20% off your one-time purchase. Again, magicmind.co, enter our code ranch20 at checkout in order to get 40% off your subscription or 20% off your one-time purchase. That said, we are going to transition over to a segment that I do not have a cool little fancy thing for, but I'm going to drop our fantasy start and sit one because... Because you got to dance, you know what I mean? I have to drop that just for the little dance segment, you know what I mean? Fox didn't dance with her this week. Apparently, he didn't want to dance. But uh, I guess you, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of rude to dance into the idea of us talking about the coaches getting fired. I, I Maybe I feel bad now, but I, no, I don't. Because I'm going to bring up the one guy first. The first guy. I'm not even going to – not the first guy on his list, but the one guy that I believe that if they lose this week should without a doubt be fired, and that's Mike Vrabel. Okay, I understand what he's done over the course of the last couple of years, but if you're going to fire the GM who had a winning record, who who turned this franchise around from the dumpster fire that it was, and I mean, it still really is because you pay Tannehill, but turned the franchise around, brought these players in. I understand Mike Vrabel talks them up and gets them on the football field, but I think that if they lose this weekend, it's a monumental meltdown that you just have to clean house. You're bringing a guy in off the street. I still don't believe Josh. I can't believe what they're doing to Malik, Malik Willis. I, I understand that he, quote unquote, Josh Dobbs gives them the best chance to win a football game is what they're saying. But tell me what you did to this kid's like whole entire being. You know what I mean? You just said, hey, you're not good enough. And I don't blame him for how he played on the football field either because you're not setting him up for success. At all, I don't believe. But I believe Mike Vrabel should be out the door if they lose on Saturday. I think firing John Robinson was probably an indication that they haven't given him a good roster to work with. Um, I think Malik Willis is terrible. I thought he was a terrible prospect coming into the draft. So I disagree with that. You what? I'm not disagreeing with that statement. I mean, there is really no path forward. but at the same time, Mike Vrabel was probably looking at if I have a chance to get into the playoffs, I'm going to play with a player that gives me a chance and not a player. We saw what he did in two games against the Texans, which are the worst in the league, and he couldn't get anything done. He started three games. He threw for 276 yards, I don't think three interceptions. Success, though. 
I feel like that was my biggest well, problem with what they I, did. They have roster issues, which is why roster they issues. got rid of John Robinson. I There's two schools of thought. You could clear him out and just do a total start over. I actually think the firing of John Robinson, where they fired him, was an acknowledgement that there are structural problems and that they like with what he's done as a coach, and I think Grapel ends up being back. I, I agree. I don't think he's going to get fired. I think there's a, I think there is a 0% chance Mike Rabel gets fired, even if they lose Saturday, because of how well he's spoken about in the circle. But I feel like their Super Bowl window ended this year. Like, it ended last year, really, if we're going to be honest, 100% honest. But with what transpired, I mean, that team won, won the one seed last year and then went out, sacked a quarterback nine times, and laid a complete egg. Uh, I mean – and with that said, Vrabel was just as much behind the contract signing of, of Tannehill as John Robinson was. I think I just I don't disagree with you. There, Vrabel's not going anywhere. I feel like they should fire him and just completely start over. Though. I don't know if Tannehill was their biggest problem though. They they had a lot of there. talent walk out of the door in a receiving core and in the offensive line and all the moves Robinson made to try to patch that over have flamed out. Yeah, but they made hard. it to the super bar the, to the to, they made it the one seed last year with Tannehill, and he just couldn't get the job done in the playoffs. Is all my point was is is he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You know what I mean? I feel like there's there's plenty of other quarterbacks that I think fit that fit what they're trying to do that could have done a better job. But I don't disagree. But moving on along, I I I know you have Josh McDaniels' name on here. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he'll end up getting um, getting fired either. In the middle of the season, it seemed like he was a lead pipe lock to get fired. There's rumors they don't have the money, which could be real. He made a huge gamble on benching Carr, and that actually paid off last week as Jared Stidham looked pretty incredible. And yeah. now Devontae. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Adams seems a little happier. He still wants to have some kind of a say. I still think McDaniels ends up probably getting moved in the middle of next year. I think it's going to be very much like his first Broncos tenure where he made it through one year and then he'll have done enough stuff and they'll have started to lose the team because I the disassembling of the Raiders offense has been more subtle than what he did in Denver, but Starting out with not renewing or not picking up Josh Jacobs' option, he looks like the best running back in football, and now they can't keep him. And if you looked at it, if they franchise tagged him, I don't think he would sign the franchise tag. He's pretty anti-Raiders in his comments. I think that's going to come back to bite him. I think Devontae Adams is upset. They're going to end up having to move on from Carr. I think he'll survive this season, but not next. Yeah, I, uh, I, I they've – They've played good football in certain increments. Um, I'll be interested to see what they try to do this offseason with Carr. I think there's several places where Carr could go where he could, especially somewhere like New York, the Jets. I feel like he could really thrive for the Jets um, and play good football there. Um, obviously, he has a no trade clause, so he can dictate where he goes this offseason as well. So that's something that's interesting as well. Um, or they can release him. It's a $5.6 million cap hit. I didn't know it was that cheap. Okay. Oh, well, shit. I mean, he's good as gone. Well, I mean, I think he was anyway. But a couple other names on here. Uh, Ron Rivera, I feel like he should have been fired after his dumb comment about not knowing that he was eliminated from the playoffs last week. Um, and then, of course, switching back to Carson Wentz, I think, was a big uh, – I think that that was trying to be a flashy move in order to try to get in that playoff hunt, but uh, it didn't work out in his favor. Uh, I think he's good as gone. This one's tough. We think of Ron Rivera as a winner, um, you know, because he went to the Super Bowl with Carolina and he took Washington to the playoffs. But the Washington football team has never won more than seven games with him as head coach, including their playoff year where they lucked into a seven and nine 
does he take all the blame for a really bad front office situation? No, they've never figured out the quarterback situation. I don't know how much he'll take blame for that. With the NFL trying to get the commander sold, do they want to have that much upheaval? Those are all questions I have. Yeah, who's going to take a jo- who's going to take that job? You know, I mean? literally think that those things all portend toward Rivera being back for one more, you know, win or you're done kind of scenario season i could i can agree with that i i I didn't think about the whole off the field stuff that really yeah it's the tumult you have to find a tumult in the organization yeah um they're gonna tumble in the organization cliff kingsbury i think he survives but i think i think like mcdaniels probably gets fired mid-year next year i think cliff kingsbury is gone I think that arizona is looking at a season where they'd be lucky if kyler murray is ready by thanksgiving yeah. To be Kyler Murray, I think you're going to see that move. Honestly, in my opinion, I think they're going to move DeAndre Hopkins. I think they try to build draft capital, move Zach Ertz, rebuild around a younger core. I mean, try to get some kind of quarterback prospect you're looking at. Kyler Murray, I think the final nail for Cliff Kingsbury is that he lost um, key players. You know, if Kyler Murray is telling him to basically f himself on the sideline. It's over. I Kingsbury has never been successful. The wheels really fell off the bus. I think it's their time to I move on. I think they're going to move on from Steve Kime too. I think that there's a sense when Steve Kime went on that indefinite suspension. I think Arizona, big changes are coming to Arizona. I, I don't disagree. I feel like I feel like they could be safe in just letting. But it's just like. I don't know, man. This team is weird. I don't you drop Kingsbury hurt. now before that giant contract extension kicks in because it doesn't kick in until next year. And then on top of that, like Kyle Murray's not that good either. Like I hate to tell everybody this, but I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. His right? contract extension's already on the books. So you, they're they're oh, something that I, I think they've got to do something different though. Uh, Lovey Smith down in Houston. He's had the boys playing football the last few weeks. I don't. I think there's a chance he maybe survives. The question, yeah, I mean, that's the question. Most first-year coaches get get more than one year. Mm-hmm. No one thought the Texans were going to be good um, no. or that they were going to be competing, so it shouldn't be a surprise they're bad. You're right. In December, they took Kansas City to overtime. They hung with Dallas. They beat Tennessee. Those are three pretty marquee things down the stretch. The question becomes this Texans organization because you would have said the same thing about David Culley last year, who I actually thought the Texans played better for David Culley than we've seen them play this year. And yet Nick Casario just decided to cut him loose. Now that they have their number one overall pick, do they want to pick somebody else who can actually build into a competitor? Well, they can lose that number one pick, though, can't they? Why would you? They need I'm a franchise quarterback. No, no, I'm saying they could lose the number one pick. Oh, could lose if it they win. if they win, yeah. But they, I can't remember who they're playing. Uh, they're playing the Colts. Colts, which <laughs> you never know. But if Chicago gets, if Chicago takes the number one pick, Chicago's not taking a quarterback. No, no, no. Which I think personally, I mean, we'll get deeper into it. They should take CJ Stroud over Bryce Young, but that's beside the point. Um, you're young over Stroud guy? I don't see why Chicago would take a quarterback. No, I was talking about Houston. Oh, yeah, Houston should. But that's what I said. Even if they lost the number one pick to the Bears, I thought you were saying the Bears should take oh, quarterback. No, they, don't quarterback. You like- they don't have a quarterback either, but that's beside the point. They have a running back. Um, but... Um, Speaking of the Colts, um, Jeff Saturday is good as gone. Um, yeah, this that it comes up because they went and got him outside the organization, but one in six blew a 33 point lead and then had an embarrassing loss. They've quit on him. Yeah, uh, it was a good idea. Uh, if it was worked, it a good idea, was if it, well, I mean, I'm sure he didn't. Jim Irsay didn't have to pay him as much as somebody else, he just kind of threw him in there. If it works, he looks like a genius. If it doesn't, oh, he's just a center. He shouldn't have been coaching. And you just move on and, with your life. Uh, last one we're going to talk about is Steve Wilkes. Uh, I don't think he gets the job. And I think it's just based on the Carolina owner trying to make a splash. He's already talked to Harbaugh. Um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Harbaugh does go 
to Carolina. I know there's a lot of things that have to fall in place, but I think that that owner there wants to make a splash. And that to me is not Steve Wilkes, no matter how good he's kind of had this team playing down the stretch. Yeah, it's hard for interim coaches. Like last year, I thought Rich Bisaccia should have been the coach of the Raiders. He stabilized a reeling franchise, got them into the into the playoffs. He should have gotten a shot, and he didn't. If Steve Wilkes would have gotten that win on Sunday and the Panthers get in, I, I think he would have gotten it. I think yeah. he would have gotten it. I think he deserves a shot. Uh, I like what he's done because – the Panthers look lost for two and a half years under Matt Rule, and they've actually been playing pretty well, and he's gotten a lot out of Sam Darnold. But it's very hard for an interim coach, and you're right, David uh, Tepper seems like he's really bent on making some kind of giant splash again. He's just like Oak. He's just lost like Oakland. I'll call him Oakland for the rest of my life. Um, but uh, I think they're just like Vegas. I feel like they should stick around with Wilkes, give him another season under the belt, see what he does. And you can cut because they're not going to. I'm sorry, but this team doesn't contend. You know what I mean? I maybe they do contend. Maybe they have the opportunity again. Maybe Wilkes gets them playing a little bit next year. You know, you never know. And if the experiment doesn't work, you're not a Super Bowl team next year anyway. You could be a division because who knows what's going to happen in this division next year? It's going to be still in shambles with everything that's going on within the division. You don't know what's going on with Brady. They've played a little bit better, obviously, down the stretch. But um, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you what. That I'm telling you. Dallas doesn't want to play Tampa Bay. I know that's controversial. I just they're playing good football, decent football on the offense, offensive foot side of the football. I think if Dallas can manage to 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 well, I, w- I don't know if I would want to play Green Bay either. <laughs> I don't know what I would want right there if I'm Dallas. I, I I'll tell you what, I will say this: I am all in on the Lions making the playoffs this weekend. I think the Rams could beat Seattle. I think that's a winnable game for the Rams. I really do. Oh, it's a winnable game for the Rams, but. I think it's a winnable game for the Rams, and I think the Lions could beat the Packers. Will it happen? I don't know, but I'm putting money on it. So I picked the, the Lions to beat the Packers. I'm just worried about the Seattle part of the equation. I think the Rams could win that football game. I really do. I think Seattle had been playing pretty rough, and they, of course they had the big bounce back win against the Jets, who, who are terrible. And Mike White's terrible. I've been saying he's terrible. He sucks. Also, I meant to say on the show last week because I didn't, for some reason, I didn't go over my bets last week. I don't know what happened. We just rambling. So we'll go ahead and dive right into those real quick. Last week, I went two and two on my picks. One of the picks that did win was the Seahawks plus three. I talked about it on the podcast with Clarkson that Mike White was 0 and three on the road going into that game. He's now 0 and four, obviously. Um, the Seahawks won that one. Raiders over one and a half touchdowns. I spoke about that I had some sort of faith in the Raiders to be in that football game. I didn't know what it was. That bat hit, obviously. Waller over 14 and a half yards and Kittle over 29 and a half yards. Look, Waller hit the over 14 and a half on the first drive. Kittle had 23 yards in the first quarter and a half. Did not see another catch all fucking game. Please tell me how in two and a half quarters of football, he had five more targets but couldn't catch one ball for seven yards for this bet cash. Other one was Kelsey over 59 and a half yards. Again, another one that I just could not for the life of me understand. You have to come back to win that game or to, to, to win the game or be in the game against a Broncos team for some reason. They haven't played good football, but they played the played the Chiefs pretty well for two games. Um, you have Mahomes over 328 passing yards, but, but Kelsey ends up with, I think it was, I got it right here in front of me. Kelsey ends up with 43 yards, obviously, you know, 17 yards shy of, of, of what he got in, you know, what I needed for my bet. And you're talking about a guy that had 113, 105, 71 over the last three games, had 10 targets in the game, seven catches. He just didn't uh, break any of those frees. So I went two and two of the week over on the season, 57, 36 and one, not too bad. I've only got two plays for you right now. We'll have more Clarkson and I will be live probably Saturday morning uh, talking week. Um, 18 and our prop bets and our best bets. Um, I got a parlay for you guys. Dobbs, uh, Joshua Dobbs, one touchdown pass, Evan Ingram over 29 and a half yards. Um, even with what I said earlier about Dobbs, he looked decent enough. I still think that he could throw a single touchdown pass. You know what I mean? Like it's not rocket science to go out there and throw at least one touchdown pass. I think the Jaguars, while their defense has been playing decent over the last two weeks, only given up six points. They're still the same defense that gave up. Quite a few points. They even gave up 22 points in the last game against this team. 
And then, of course, Evan Ingram, who has been on absolute tear, ripped this team apart for 11 catches, 162 yards, and two touchdowns just four weeks ago. Um, He's hit this number in three straight weeks. I don't count last week. They pulled the starters in the first half in that game against Houston once they went ahead, which I don't blame them at all for. Um, He's hit this number again in five straight weeks. I like for him to be a key pivotal reason of why they try to win this division this weekend. And then I mentioned it a few minutes earlier. I like the Rams this week. I'm only going to go a little bit on them. I'm going to go plus seven. The spread is six and a half, which I think is way too high for a team that's not playing great in Seattle. They had a good bounce back week. But like I said, the Jets have kind of faltered down the stretch. But um, I like the Rams uh, possibly to win this football game. I actually have a fun little bet. I'm not recommending it, but if you want to tell me to win some money this weekend, let's do it. I have a bet right now where it's the – hang on one second. Give me, give me one second. I'm going to give you the odds and everything this week. It is the Lions to win. Here we go. I've got the Lions to win and the Rams to win, which equates to plus 740. So plus 740, you can get both of them to win. That's how the Lions get in the playoffs. I threw $3 on it to win 22. If you want to ride with me, ride with me into the sunset. Let's let's keep the hope and the uh, and the dream alive that we could see the Lions in the playoffs. Uh, just because, you know, I don't want Aaron Rodgers there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, can pound sand. But um, that said, I am excited. Fox, what do you think of my two bets so far? That's my two. I mean, I hope the Rams can win. Um, you know, and I, Josh Dobbs didn't look too bad last week. Um, you know, I think the Titans will make it competitive with the Jaguars. I still think the Jaguars win that game. Um you know, I hope the Rams can win. I I would love to see Detroit in the playoffs. I've wanted Detroit in the playoffs. I'm really sad that they are not just in a scenario where they could win and be in. Yeah, uh, I am as well. Uh, I'm not very pleased at all. Um, <laughs> um, I just saw a tweet that somebody tweeted out. Doctors say Darren uh, Demar Hamlin asked via writing, "Who won the game on Monday night?" The doctor's response was, "You won. You won life." <laughs> um. Yeah, I I, uh, I, uh, I am sad, too, for the Lions because it's sad that if they go out there. But even if the Seahawks win, I still think the Lions go out there and try to spoil Aaron Rodgers. This oh, the Lions game. are going to try to win no matter what. Uh, oh, for sure. I'm just I mean, disappointed that they, they, they should be in a winning scenario. And it not. should be hard knocks is the ultimate tiebreaker. And if you if you're in a tiebreaker scenario and there was no head to head, but you were on hard knocks, you automatically get past it. I, I second that. I second that. That said, if you just listened to the sports version of this podcast, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you each and every week throughout this entire season. Of course, we will be continuing throughout the offseason or throughout the playoffs, sorry, throughout the playoffs to break down some of what's going on in the playoffs, giving predictions, thoughts, and all that good stuff. Maybe as we dive into the playoffs, we'll dive in a little bit into free agency and look ahead at some of those guys that are open in the open market. Maybe we'll break it down each week, um, quarterback, running back, receiver, stuff like that. But I'm excited for week 18 of the NFL. I'm excited to see what these playoffs have in store for us, what unfolds, um, what kind of chaos we can have. Like I said, if you're just listening to the sports portion, make sure to head over to the Music City Drive-In to check all the latest articles and reviews. Check out Matthew Fox on Twitter uh, at Nighthawk7734. Myself at Ricky Blair underscore. And with that said, we're going to transition right over to our movie corner. Oh, sorry. Um, this week is the big release. Uh, I was supposed to see this movie last night. I just didn't get a chance to go. Just some... Personal family stuff going on. That said, uh, Megan is out in theaters this week. I plan on going to see it probably Friday or Saturday. I haven't really dictated which one I'm doing yet, but uh, I'm quite excited for it. Um, it could be either very good or very bad, one or the other. Um, it is a January release. It's a horror movie, and I'm scared. But it does look at least intriguing enough to make me want to get out of my seat and go to the movie theaters for the first time since Christmas. So... Um, I am excited about that. Also releasing on uh, Finally Wise Woman, talking a film that both of us love tremendously. Uh, and then The Pale Blue Eyes, which is releasing on Netflix. Uh, I haven't watched it yet because I just haven't had the time to. Um, nothing that looks like it's groundbreaking. It might be okay. I don't know. What about you, Fox? Have you seen it? I have not seen The Pale Blue Eyes. Um, Could have like 40 times, but I just haven't. 
uh, I have, I also have not seen Megan. I'm going to uh, watch it at some point this weekend. Um, I think the fear that you're feeling is uh, justified because, but it's not because we think the movie is going to be scary. It's just that we're scared of the movie. I'm not that pumped about it, to be honest. Uh, Maybe that will work out in its favor. Sometimes when you have like the low expectations, Uh, but there was nothing about the trailer that I saw and thought, Oh, I can't wait for this to come out. I saw the trailer and I thought, my God, I'm going to have to watch that at some point. I'm just excited to check it out because I think uh, it's the first movie of 2023. Yeah. And that's the only reason why I'm excited to check it out. But it does look at least slightly interesting. Uh, one thing I, that we both- I am interested in the pale blue eyes because I like Scott Cooper. I like Christian Bale. I like the idea. People that have seen it didn't like it. But you know what? People are wrong all the time. All the damn time. I've had it in my Netflix queue account for like two months now, or like a month and a half, and I just keep forgetting to watch it. Um, that said, uh, also, just something that you and I watched together. You said you finished it. We watched Kaleidoscope, which is available mm-hmm. on Netflix, one of the first series, if not the first series of the new year. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was it, – it wasn't great, but it definitely had intrigue. Um, there's a certain way I think both Fox and I agree that it should be watched. Um, not the way that they're pushing it from Netflix. No offense to Netflix, but um, it, I like it. Uh, Esposito, is that his name? Esposito? Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. yeah, I think he's incredible. I thought he was great in it. I really enjoyed him. Jay Courtney could never do any wrong. He's hilarious. He just plays the perfect prick, I guess you could call. Like I don't like his character. I did. I just thought that he was, I mean, I just thought he was an asshole, and I, I didn't mind him. And then um, I loved, uh, what's her name? I think so. I'm gonna say part of my. I did finish it. Um, it's a novel concept. A couple of the episodes where you flash way back in time would have worked buried in the middle, but Netflix is insistent that any the episodes can all be watched in any order, except for White. White has to come last. Not and true. I, Sorry. I, well, no, that's that's their position. Yeah, that's yeah. Netflix's position. I honestly don't understand that call. There are, you know, I guess there's a piece at the end of the episode of White that foreshadows, but you've already seen it by then. I will also say uh, the true episode that is the last chronologically is Pink, and I did not care for it. And so by the time that you then hit the last episode you already know the answers to all the questions that are being posed. And I already, all the answers to all those questions were a disappointment to me. So it made me sort of dislike it. Yeah. So the thing about it is I didn't, there were certain aspects of the series that I don't feel like they closed out the right way. And I feel like, um, it's obviously I'm going to say it right now. It's the most nihilistic series of the new year. And, and, Oh, wait, I guess that's not true because Nicholas Winding Refn has released a series already. Did you watch – so you watched Paint – you watched White last then. You watched I, I watched it the exact order they gave me. I just figured I would try it. Um, yeah, see, I, I had two episodes left, which is White and Pink, and I made the ultimate decision to flip-flopping it after realizing it six months after because, to me, if I know what's going on six months after, I could care less about what happens in the high Which – so I watched it yeah. in the order they gave it, as saying that this is how you should watch it, and that's exactly what happens. You see the six months after, and I found that that episode was also deeply unsatisfying. But then it's almost like, hey, you know, when you're watching a heist show, I get that the heist portion is usually the most exciting, and I was actually looking forward to the heist, but it just felt ultimately pointless. Yeah, the episode felt pointless after you watched it. Because you'd watched two episodes chronologically that had come after this. So yeah. any questions that were raised had already been decided. I did, the only thing I did, I didn't mind watching the morning after before the heist because that's how I ended up doing it, just because that's how it was in. I didn't mind it as much because I didn't feel like they revealed as much, but... I would have still preferred to watch the heist first, then the morning after, then six months after. But yeah, it's still weird. I, I don't. I don't know. It's. It's definitely one thing I did want to bring up to you, and I wasn't sure that you had. I'm sure you have because you're you're a movie guy like I did. But 
sorry. But I was looking, I was taking a look at the theatrical release year of like all the movies coming out. We are in for a banger of a year starting in February. Like, look, I know I'm the only person in the world probably excited for 80 for Brady because I think it looks hilarious. Um, you have Knock at the Cabin, which could be bad or good. It's I'm not Shamalakalaki. But that said, the 17th, you have Ant-Man. 24th, you have Cocaine Bear, which whatever. It does look stupid, but it looks like it could be good. But as soon as we hit March, Creed 3, Scream 6, uh, Shazam, John Wick, Dungeons and Dragons, which I could whatever with. Uh, and then, of course, you got Mario. Then you've got, I'm trying to think of the good stuff here, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I know you're uber excited about, Fast 10, Little Mermaid. Like, it just is like banger week after week after week. It seems like we're going to be seated at the theaters. Typically, I think this time of the year, it's like before March, before you're really seated at the theaters. Like, you and I were always seated at the theaters. But I think typically this time of year, it's normally you're waiting until like March to really get hyped. And I really feel like it ramps up in February, which is exciting in a way, but also I would like to kind of relax a little bit. So usually President's Day weekend is a big, you know, that's where the first Black Panther movie drops. Um, they usually have. Yeah, it's it's ramping up pretty hard, like but like week after week after week after week after week. And then like June, May. I don't June, know why July. you're forgetting. Last last year we got the award winning film Uncharted in mid February. I don't hey, I liked Uncharted. How'd you forget? So did I own it, but <laughs> I actually really like it. And then, of course, when you move into like June, you've got across into the Spider Verse's sequel, which I could care less about. Transformers, then Flash finally comes out, possibly, maybe, who knows? Um, Indiana Jones, which I could care less about. Um, Mission Impossible, Oppie Hammer, Barbie, The Marvels, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Meg Two, which I'm really excited about. The Meg Two. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I like the first one. I like. I like the. I like the first one a lot. I don't know if it needs a sequel. I did. If, if they don't finally release the Flash movie, I think that guy running WB has to come out and flash everyone, just so that. We uh, he's not running WB anymore. It's just it's James Gunn and that other guy. They fired the other guy. No, David Zavzlon. Oh, that runs guy. Warner Brothers. I was, oh, I, I was thinking of uh, of DC, but. Uh, I've got my thoughts on that. I, I think that I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I hope it's, I, I want them to recast everything. They should have dropped Flash like this week in theaters and then Aquaman the week after and just completely got rid of all of them. Because first off, the first Aquaman sucked. Um, it was terrible and I hated it. And I could care less about the Flash. It's game. the worst DCEU film. Bar none. And I'm really, I was really excited, but I'm really excited about Shazam still. Because I really love the first movie. I really hope Shazam so. sort of exists outside of everything else, though. And I'm hoping it stays that way. But mm -hmm. I don't know. That said, I'm excited. We got we got a lot of stuff coming out, pumping out a lot of content. I don't know. Matthew Fox and I are cooking up something this Saturday. We're gonna be talking about the North American Film Critic Association Awards. Nominations are being decided. I have started the tally. I'm waiting for one more ballot. We're gonna get that in and I will be ready to announce them uh, Saturday at noon Eastern. It's, gonna it's be time. Easy. Publicly shame the person that's last. I, is, it, is it you? Is it you? Definitely not me. Um, that said, I'm very excited about that. And then, of course, we'll have the live show Monday night. Um, yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week. Knowing the NFL, they'll probably play that uh, Bills-Bengals game again on Monday night, too. Probably. Just right in the middle of our show. Save big on Brunch for Mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.